Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The Stylish Bride, the podcast dedicated to making sure you are dressed, styled, and down the aisle. And today, I am really excited to be here with Lisa Gooder, the editor-in-chief of Brides Magazine, to rehash all of the trends that we saw over bridal market over the last week and talk about what's new, what's different, and what's hot. And I'm really excited to have her here today. So thanks, Lisa. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I want to start out and, you know, for you guys that didn't already listen to it, listen to the last episode because I give you a little bit of an overview on what bridal market is for those of you that don't know and why it's such a big deal in our industry. But Lisa, in your words, like tell us what it means to you and, you know, and the magazine. Bridal Fashion Week for us is it's sort of like the Super Bowl moment for us in that it's just like regular ready to wear fashion week, we see all of the collections for the next season. So it happens twice a year. Our editors and social media managers and everybody are out, you know, running around the city. Unfortunately, there's no one spot for it. So we're trekking up and down and everywhere, but it's kind of a chance to see everybody's new collections. This year, I think we saw somewhere between 50 and 60 collections. And it's great to see what's out there that's new and run into all your friends. And, you know, there are also a lot of events and fun things that kind of happen around that just because it's a time to focus on that industry. Absolutely. There's always a lot of energy that goes with it, especially sure. in the beginning. By the end, we're getting a little yeah, tired. That's but, true. you know, you go for a week on, you know, every day doing something different. It can be tiring, but it is very exciting, too. So in terms of brides and what their takeaways are, what are you seeing your readers interested in from bridal market? Sure. You know, I think that like the actual bridal fashion shows, I don't know that most of the brides who follow us and are engaged with brides.com are that aware of what's happening and when it's happening. I think, you know, one of the things that's great for us as editors is that it's kind of a time when we can really dig in for like a week or 10 days and do almost nothing else and really focus on all the new dresses that are coming and the new trends. And then we kind of live off that content for the next six months. We're doing trend roundups and matching dresses with real weddings for inspiration and interviewing designers and all kinds of stuff that we really capture during that kind of week. You know, I think it's a while before those dresses are actually in the stores too. And so what we find is that particularly on brides.com, when we put out a big trend report or a big, you know, our favorite dresses from the season, those tend to peak in traffic about six months later. Yeah, it is really interesting. So it's really not until those dresses are available that people really begin to kind of focus on them. And so, and we promote them that way a little bit too, because I think it's frustrating for a bride to end up falling in love with something that she can't have at all. And, you know, the sort of cycle, the buying cycle of the dresses is that they're shown at market and then the buyers all buy them at market and then they wait for their samples to arrive to be in their boutiques and salons. And, you know, people are changing this up a little bit to deal with the demand, especially around social media, that brides are seeing things and wanting them. So I, you know, as you know, a bunch of designers have started to say, like, it's available right now or things like that. But there's definitely you know, a little bit of a lag time from just like ready to wear where you might see something on the runway and it's not available for a few months. It's true. And even in the last episode, I was talking about tracking down a trunk show to be able to see the new dresses because 
lot of times they'll happen in the first you know, couple of weeks right after in the big cities. But even if you can try them on, it doesn't mean that you can buy them. Because if your wedding is you know, in October, you don't have enough time. These dresses won't even be produced by then. So it is tricky. So I think that's really interesting, actually. That's how the content peaks, because it's actually kind of great that it works out that way. Well, it does. It's funny, though, because we'll be sitting here like this is when we're burning the candle and everybody's working all weekend and working late at night. And they're like, why is this piece of content not popping? I want to see it on the top of my metrics. And, you know, we are checking kind of all the time to see what brides are engaged with and what they're, you know, clicking on on social media and sharing and things like that. And you sort of get a little bit frustrated and then you look down and you're like, oh wait, that's the one from six months ago where they can actually have those dresses. So yes, that's yeah, actually perfect. Okay. So the system might work a little bit better than we think it does. Okay. So tell me, you know, there are several trends that we saw, which is I think kind of funny. We talk about it a little bit, you know, here and there that bridal isn't really trendy, but it is, there are trends within a sea of white dresses and sometimes pink. So, you know, I know on brides.com, you guys broke it down into nine main trends. And I was wondering, I'd love to go through some of them, but what's your favorite? What did you see that really resonated with you? You know, I love, there was a lot more, I'm a big minimalist fan and bridal has gone really embellished and really feminine, which is pretty, but there was a little bit more of a sway, I thought, towards there were a lot of tailored pants and a lot of kind of more structured looks and then some really simple silhouettes, some charmeuse and fabrics like that that I thought was really pretty and I think it gives a bride a moment to kind of shine rather than being taken over by all the rest of it. You know, I think people never believe me, but Every single wedding that has come across our desk this year, and I'm not kidding, every single one has brides in like three and four dresses. And so because they're wearing, you know, a wedding dress to the rehearsal dinner, a wedding dress to, you know, their ceremony and then changing for the reception and then maybe changing again for the after party. And because there's so many looks there, I think there was a real show of different types of dresses and different silhouettes. And maybe it's a, you know, we saw a lot of shorts. So we saw, which I think is so fun, saw a lot of like high-low hemlines and things that just sort of felt a little bit different. And you might not wear that as your main look, but we are literally seeing, I mean, it's amazing to me that brides are as focused on the fashion and and having as many looks as they are. I think it's great because I love it, but that's something that, you know, we're seeing more variety, I think, because of that. Yeah. Because you're not going to change to wear something that looks just like what you had on. Right. Exactly. I did a wedding last year where we bought eight gowns. That's amazing. Eight looks. It was a long wedding. It was several days, but still, you know, it was definitely a lot. And yeah. some nights had two changes and all and of these things. were they all white? For the most part, except for the last night, which was the day after the wedding, we did blue. She wasn't a bride anymore, She right? wasn't a bride anymore. <laughs> it was her moment to branch out into color. It was actually really, really beautiful. But the, you know, I think that one of the trends that you guys talk about that leads into that are convertible skirts, but it converts the dress into another look. And it's something that we've been seeing a little bit, but I think we saw a lot of it now on this past market. And I love it because it gives you the chance to have two I mean, looks. I think it's great because I don't know that brides should be buying millions of dresses, but this is a nice way to like look one way during your ceremony and then, you know, remove your sleeves or take off the top layer. Sort of, there were a lot of dresses that had kind of sheerish bodysuit type things almost that 
you know, provided coverage for a ceremony, but then you could be a little more uncovered or strapless for later on. A lot of detachable skirts, even really cute jumpsuits that had trains on them that kind of, you know, you envision those coming off for the dancing in the party. Yep, absolutely. But yeah, I think the convertible dress is like the way to go. It's It's really amazing. I always tell my brides that regardless of the cost, which is, of course, is a consideration for some people, it actually takes time to change on your wedding night, and that's time you don't get back. And so when we're doing timelines, I say you have to budget about 20 minutes to change. And that's because by the time you get the bride, get her to where she's changing, she goes to the bathroom, she like takes everything off, she sits for a second. She's got every button exactly. back up. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and I think... The other thing, too, is that these dresses are such works of art that sometimes you feel like, why would you only want to wear it for a few hours? Like, wouldn't you wear it as long as you could? And if you can, you know, take off a jacket or a sleeve or a skirt or something and sort of change the look up and sort of still get to wear this dream for a while. That seems nice to me. But yeah, no, I think the convertible look is important and big. And I think a lot of it has to do, to be honest, with Instagram. Mm. I think people are looking for, you know, different looks at different moments because we're sort of used to thinking of things and seeing things that way. But that's definitely what we're seeing. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of fascinating because you really, I think a lot of brides today are looking at their wedding as a photo shoot and, you know, okay, I have this look here, this look here. Absolutely. And changing your outfit is a big part of that. You know, so another thing that is a little bit unusual that we saw this time that I haven't seen in a while that I liked was this 70s vibe, this Studio 54. You know, I was the Halloween movies coming out. Exactly. Naim Khan had tons of dresses that were inspired by that. There was definitely, I mentioned Charmeuse earlier, there was definitely kind of a like a sexy 70s vibe that we saw a lot of. I saw a lot too of kind of the other set of 70s, like daisy patterns and that kind of thing. It's really kind of interesting. And what I think is so interesting about it today is that there is something minimalist about it, even though you don't think of the 70s in any way of being minimalistic. But in wedding dresses and those Halston dresses, if you guys haven't looked at the Naeem Khan collection, go check it out because that's what we're talking about here. He worked for Halston at the beginning of his career and created these dresses under Halston's label. And there's a movie coming out all about it, which is, I can't wait to see. But those designs are in the bridal collection and his evening wear collection right now, but that's a different story. And it's really, really interesting because, you know, they are this mesh lightweight sequin and like nothing like underneath them. Yeah. Tight. Yeah, really sexy. But it's really, it's kind of cool. And I think for my brides, a lot of them will change into something like that. I don't know that it'll necessarily be the first look, although you could throw an overskirt over it and, you know, yeah. see what happens. It feels like late night party to yeah. me. Yeah, you never know. Marco at uh, NameCon was like, hey, you could put a gorgeous, amazing lace traumatic veil over one of them and go down the aisle. And he's like, I don't know that anyone will ever do it, but we'll see. So and then I thought it was really interesting, the menswear inspiration that really came through. For sure. I mean, it was really strong this year. We saw it started to see a little bit of it last year. There were a lot of pants last season. Pants, yes. I'm thinking more blazers. But, but yeah. that kind of what I feel like got the ball rolling. We saw so many kind of blazer dresses. Some of them had pants that you could wear or not wear. Danielle Frankel had one that I absolutely love that was lace, and she showed it with pants and without pants. Victor and Rolf had another one Mm -hmm. that was amazing. I Um, loved that. The 
sort of studded with pearls and things. And that also had, you know, pantsless or not, depending. Yeah, very cool. And then there was a lot of jumpsuits. And, you know, we've seen a lot of jumpsuits for the last couple seasons. And along with all those brides and all those dresses that come across our desk, I'd say almost every one of them has one jumpsuit. (laughs) There's always a jumpsuit these days. (laughs) But anyway, these jumpsuits were a little different. They had like kind of dramatic statements on them, whether it was a huge bow in the back. Oscar had a great one like that or Carolina who had a train on off Mm -hmm. of a jumpsuit. Uh, That's always a fun thing. And then also shorts, which feels menswear inspired. There were shorts everywhere. Reem Akra had great shorts. I'm trying to think who else. Inez DeSanto had shorts. With a little color. That was really pretty. Yeah, that one was uh, inspired by Karl Lagerfeld. That was her homage to him. Mm. But there were definitely, there were a lot of shorts around, which sort of fun and flirty, especially for something late night. Yeah. Now, do you think that that's in direct response to the Kiara wedding? Possibly. I mean, I think we, you know, we were just talking about this for a second before, but Olivia Palermo had shorts at her wedding. She wore a Carolina Herrera dress that had shorts with a big tulle overskirt. I just think shorts are really playful and fun, and that's how people want their weddings to be. They want their weddings to be fun and you know, about a good time. And I think they're great for dancing and, you know, they're still sexy, which I think is also a huge trend that people are looking to. But for sure, you know, Kiara Ferragni, whose wedding got more impressions than any wedding we know of and was actually on the cover of Brides, her Dior dress had a detachable skirt that had shorts underneath. But I think you're seeing shorts just in general, too, in ready-to-wear fashion. There's a lot of shorts and a lot of suits that have shorts with them as opposed to long pants. You will never see one on me. But other than that, (laughs) (laughs) I think that ship has sailed. But, you know, thank God I'm not a bride. There's all types of shorts. I guess so. Maybe a culotte, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Or a skort. (laughs) So my last question to you is, I'm curious, in your opinion, because as the editor-in-chief of the biggest bridal magazine out there, you have a lot of influence in shaping how brides see themselves, see the industry, what they see. And in your opinion, as an empowered woman, a mother, and all of, you know, the things that have come about recently in our society, how can a bride be a modern bride in a sea of tradition? Well, I think, I mean, I've been very happy to see over the last 10 years how much weddings have really started to reflect individual couples. And I think, most couples I know are really focused on making the wedding feel unique. I mean, I hate that word because unique really means one of a kind, right? And there are so many traditions that are repeated, but make it feel like them. And so whether that is that her dress and her bridal style like reflects who she is and what her style's like, you know, I think that that's along with all of the other things that are happening in a wedding, like people are becoming very personalized in their vows or, you know, choosing playlists that mean everything to them and, you know, allowing their bridesmaids dresses to dress how they want or, you know, there's a million things out there that have become so much more personalized. But I think that really the fashion choices that a bride makes are like, this is her moment to sort of be however she wants to be. And And I think all the variety we've seen in the last couple seasons really reflects that, right? You can wear shorts, you can wear, you know, a suit, you can wear a super sexy lace dress, you you can kind of do whatever you want. 
And I do think a lot of that outfit changing kind of plays into that. Like you can be every type of bride you want to be, right? <laughs> then I'm going to be the old Hollywood glamour bride <laughs> come 10 p.m. Yes. And then I'll be, you know, the bride with the headband in the morning for the brunch. And so, you know, I think it's an opportunity for people to, you know, embrace the trends they like. And, the, and you're right, bridal is certainly not trendy, but it does follow, you know, some of the things that we see in general fashion, you know, off the shoulder looks became huge in bridal right when they were becoming huge everywhere else. That kind of thing. I think that the Halston kind of inspired stuff that we were just talking about, you're going to see all over regular fashion as well. But I think to be a modern bride is to, you know, embrace who you are. And, you know, people are really focused on making sure their guests have a great time. It's not all about them. It's sort of honoring all those people who help get you where you are, whether it's your parents or your friends or, you know, your family. And I, you know, I think I'm seeing weddings become so much more casual and that's something I really love. I think it doesn't feel like a stiff formal affair. It feels like a fun party. And I think so many of those things that people are doing to kind of pour themselves into it helps it become that way. Whether it's a fun themed rehearsal dinner or a first dance or whatever it is that kind of infuses a little bit more personality into the wedding, I think, you know, makes it a little less traditional. But I also think some of these traditions and weddings are nice. Yeah, I do too. I think your guests, and I don't think that they should be viewed as like unempowered to do certain things. I think, you know, I think when you go to a wedding, there's certain rituals that people do, right? And when you go to a wedding, you kind of know, your guests know what to expect and what's coming next because this is what happens. So when the bride walks in, everybody stands up. Like it's sort of like, this is how we do it. And there's something that's kind of, special and exciting about that that I don't think you get in a lot of other places. It's kind of like, you know, when you graduate, everybody does things a certain way and it sort of feels very like of that moment and very special and sort of nostalgic to look back on when you're remembering it. But I don't think it should feel unempowered at all to be choosing a traditional wedding. I mean, you know, provided you have a modern relationship. Right, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Well, you know, I think that that's really good advice and helpful to a lot of people out there who struggle with it because a lot of times parents want one thing and the couple wants something else. And so there's a lot of emotion that comes up with it. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here and sharing all of the new and fun trends that we saw at Bridal Market and what you're loving. And I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. So for all of you out there, I hope that was really helpful and that you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed talking with Lisa. So before we go, I just wanted to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from so that you don't miss a tip on how to be dressed, styled, and down the aisle. Bye for now.